The following audio is from All Saints Church. For more information about the church, please visit our website at allsaintsgb.org. Our New Testament reading this morning comes to us from Acts chapter 4. And as they, Peter and John, were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to about 5,000. On the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, By what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, By him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. But when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, saying, what shall we do with this men, these men? For that a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and even we can't deny it. But in order that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people, for all were praising God for what had happened, for the man on whom this sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years old. God, we thank you for your word.
Her body is layered with dust. And her tears are forming two highways of pain on both sides of her face. Over 25,000 people are dead from a 7.8 Richter earthquake which rocked Turkey and Syria this week. And one of those killed is this woman's infant son. You are a medical professional with a prescription pad in hand. What would you prescribe to her? His face, it's bent low, <clears throat> and the phone screen is brought high <clears throat> as he's fed one after another 10 second, second clips of cats and cars and collisions and closet cleaning. And his time on the TikTok clock is going on about three and a half hours. What would you prescribe him? <clears throat> They haven't spoken to one another except to decide who was on for drop-off that week. She says it's because he doesn't listen. He says it's because she's always on him about everything he does wrong. What would you prescribe them? Xanax? Zoloft? Boostbar? Flagel? Wagovi? Cipro? Rosafin? Keflex? Some of the top prescriptions going on in our world today. I chuckle at prescription ads because when they list the side effects for a medication intended to better your life, oftentimes one of the possible side effects is stroke, heart attack, or death. We're trying to prescribe away the messiness of living in a broken world and no matter how many creative and bizarre names the drug companies try and come up with, the mess, it's no less. But maybe you don't turn to prescription drugs to clean up the mess. Maybe you turn to amping up your activity level. Thanks, Marie. Maybe you get busy. You dial up distractions. So the prescription for you reads, take 14 hours of work each day. Supplement this with four kids' bas basketball games a week and then two hours a day at the gym and repeat for not six, but seven days. The mess, it's no less. You may even try tackling the mess that you see inside you and outside you with a dose of religion. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to donate to a needy cause to feel better. I'm going to take 70 minutes on a Sunday. I'm going to try and be a better dad. I'm going to be a more attentive wife. I'm going to be a more studious son. I'm going to live the purpose-driven life. But sad news, none of this will make the mess less. But good news, only Jesus can save people from the mess that we're in. So we must prescribe His name to the world. We want protection from the harm, from the ruin, from the loss of living in a really messed up world. That's what we want. And that's what salvation looks like. Salvation, this protection from mess, can come from nowhere and no one else but Jesus. And it's what's on the prescription pad of Peter and John in the fourth chapter of Acts. And it's what needs to be written on our hearts and on our lips in this fourth quarter of the story of redemption that we're in right now. 
Only Jesus can save people from the mess we're in. So we must prescribe his name to the world. Two questions this passage in Acts 4 seeks to answer for us. The first is this. What are the saving properties of Jesus' name? We're going to see this in the first half of the passage, verses 1 to 12. And then the second question we're going to ask is this. What are the side effects in prescribing Jesus' name? They're given to us. Attention is paid to those in verses 13 to 22. So the first question we're going to ask is, what are the saving properties of Jesus' name? How in the world does Jesus' name bring help to a messed up world? Three ways. And the first is this. His name relieves the sting of death. So what do you think it is that's ticking off the priests and the temple security guards and the Sadducees in this passage? Peter and John, they prescribe the name of Jesus to this lame man who's been messed up with busted ankles from his mother's womb. He's never been able to walk. And this man, this lame man, takes a faith dose of Jesus. And what happens to him? He's leaping and he's running and he's jumping around praising God. Luke is giving us a picture of what a Jesus prescription is able to do. It's able to heal. It's able to restore. It's able to make right things, wrong things right again. But this healing is not what's really ticking off the temple three. It's what... It's actually who they're telling the people, the Jewish people, is responsible for the healing. Verse 2 says, They are irked and they are ticked because Peter and John were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus what? The resurrection from the dead. And the people, the temple worshipers, the people of God, the Jews, they're coming alive with faith. In one afternoon, verse 4 says, 2,000 people ingested Jesus in that prescription. 2,000 people in one afternoon. And this is surprising because to the Jew of this day, of Jesus' time, salvation, the cleaning up of a messed up world, was very limited to the here and the now. To them, death was inevitable, and irreversible we're all just going to die and be put in the ground and that's it that's what the Sadducees believed they didn't even believe in resurrection you're just here living your best life now so what do you do with the best life you you just make the most of what you've got now that was the preaching of the priests that was the security of the temple that was the MO of the Sadducees salvation would mean this Make our lives better as Jews in the here and now. Let's take over the Romans. Let's get rid of our enemies, the Romans. Whether it's through political or military maneuvering. Let's get them out of our hair. Let's also control the people around us from becoming fanatics, religious fanatics, by telling them to give to the temple campaign so that we can make Judaism great again in Jerusalem. And it also would mean controlling with intimidation and force and even threat of death anyone who would dare get in the way of these Sadducees, of these men who are in charge. But Peter and John, 
They're preaching beyond the here and now. In verse 10, after the temple leaders arrest them and gather all the religious influencers of the day. This is, these are like the people who really have it. Like these are the best of the best in the religious circles. These are the political of the political in terms of power circles. They gather around Peter and John. And it includes the high priestly family. Do you recognize that some of the names of the high priestly family? There's two names there that you should recognize. Annas and Caiaphas, who are responsible for the execution of Jesus. Peter is boldly preaching that the sting of death has been removed. He says, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel, the Jews, to all the Jews, let them know this. That by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, that must have felt so good to say. Jesus' best friend, you killed him, but whom God raised from the dead, that must have felt even better to say. By Jesus, this man is well, that must have felt amazing to say. Jesus' name, his authority, has said to death, has said to messed up things, done. But Peter doesn't stop with resurrection. He begins there. He says Jesus' name not only removes the curse of death, it removes the curse of sin. The Pharisees and the Sadducees believed that the curse of sin could be removed by their own holy and faithful living, by their regular offering of sacrifices, and they were misleading the people into believing that salvation, the cleanup efforts to this messed up world, could come from us, from holy men. But these religious leaders, if you looked very closely at their hearts, are so far from holy. What they are doing here with Peter and John is exactly the same thing they did with Jesus. They are looking for a reason to kill these guys. We had the passage Shauna read from Deuteronomy this morning because I wanted you to see their justification for the trial. When they asked Peter and John, by what power are you doing these things? If Peter were to say anything but Yahweh... If the sign of this lame man came from any power but God, they would have permission by the law in Deuteronomy to put them to death because they were turning people away from God. And Peter is preaching to them and to the people of Israel that Jesus, the rejected one by these sin-filled, messed-up men, is God's man to save he goes on to quote Psalm 118 to point the back to the truth that God promised there is salvation in no one else but God alone. He is the power and the authority by which broken sinners are no longer under curse, but they're freed like the healed man to move and leap about the temple and about the world. Jesus' name has removed the sting of death, the curse of sin, and it's also returned a hope from heaven. He says in verse 12, Peter says, There is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Peter has seen Jesus ascend to heaven to rule over the earth. 
And now Peter is filled with heaven as the Spirit of God gives him the guts to preach to these temple mafia. Heaven and earth in this new beautiful season of Messiah is this new prescription of Jesus. Heaven and earth are being put back together. No one else, he says. Not you, not me, not the Temple Three, not the rebellion against the Roman army can clean up this mess. Only the resurrected, curse-killing, heaven and earth restoring power of Jesus can do this. Amen? In the name of Jesus, when we say name, we're meaning everything that he is. His authority, his power, his position. In the name of Jesus, friends, good news. Death can't win over you. The woman who's crying at the earthquake. Good news. Death does not win. In the name of Jesus, sin can't rule over you. And in the name of Jesus, the love of the Heavenly Father is no longer separated from you. It's yours to have. One very minor way in which we feel the pain of a messed up world, very minor, but very frustrating, are passwords. The average person has to remember over 40 passwords to log into personal or work-related accounts. And people are like, well, my Apple has got the keypad, iPad, lock holder. It does, but it doesn't always work. You know what I'm talking about. It's so frustrating. And there is nothing more frustrating. When you're on a time crunch, when you need to log into Zoom so we can turn that Zoom account on, when you're trying to get into account information and you can't remember the password, you see that little lock in front of you and it's not opening and you just curse. And if you enter the password wrong too many times, what happens? You are locked out for good. We're done with you. Friends, good news. Jesus' name is the most amazing password ever given to us. His name unlocks your grave. His name unlocks you out of hell. His name unlocks the gate of heaven so you can enter in. When we pray those three words at the end of our prayers, it's not just tradition in Jesus' name. No, we're praying that that is our password into heaven. That is our password for heaven to hear us in Jesus' name. Oh yeah, gates open. That's our password for the devil to leave us in Jesus' name. You are nothing. That's our password for death to just get out of the way in Jesus' name. No other name under heaven by which we might be saved. You can't unlock death with exercise or diet. You're going to die. You can't unlock hell with your own righteousness. It's filthy rags. You can't unlock heaven by making this messed up earth some kind of substitute. It's going to fail you. Jesus is the only name by which you must be saved. This powerful password, this all-powerful name of Jesus must be prescribed to 
every single aspect of our life. Log in with him to every part of our life. Use his name for every part of our life. Every and all day. Relationships must be cleansed by no other name but Jesus' name. Conflicts that come can only be fully reconciled and resolved by the name of Jesus. Corruption and power plays that plague politics and corporations and schools can only be fully revealed by the name of Jesus. And death from earthquakes and suicides and cancer and homicides and accidental tragedies and old age realities can only be brought back to life by the name of Jesus. Jesus is the cornerstone, Scripture says, of a new building, a new people, a new heaven and a new earth. Prescribe His name to the world because He is the key to salvation. A warning, though, as you hear with prescription warnings. There are side effects to this, to prescribing Jesus' name to the world. What are they? What are some of the side effects in prescribing this name? Verses 13 to 22 name for us a few. And unlike pharmaceuticals, these side effects are not possibilities. These side effects are certainties. They will happen. First side effect of prescribing Jesus' name. Breathtaking boldness. Did you just look at Peter and John? Just picture this for a second. These are two local fishermen. They're probably standing in the ancient Near East version of overalls. Encircled by this mob of beautifully robed, majestic men who have their masters of ministry. What is the result of prescribing Jesus for these two men? The mob, the mafia is speechless. Verse 13 says, when the religious leaders saw how confident and certain and articulate these two men, two men who are described in the Greek as illiterate idiots, how articulate and bold they were, it took their breath away. Because most of these religious leaders, friends, were the same men who were at the trial of Jesus. They know what boldness looks like. And what they saw on Peter and John's face was what they had seen on Jesus' face as his eyes were fixed toward the cross. Verse 14 says, They put two and two together and recognized that they had been with Jesus. Peter, once a coward, in the presence of a, a little servant girl in the temple, When she said, do you know Jesus? He denied having anything to do with him. I don't even know the guy. And now, he's being arrested and standing in the same witness stand as his best friend. When we're with Jesus, when we're in his word, which speaks his name, when we're in his worship, which praises his name, when we're in his sacrament, which offers his name, when we're in prayer, only possible in his name, in our fellowship, when we're in our fellowship with other believers, which shows his name to the world, 
we can expect things to come off of our spirit-filled lips which weren't there before. Maybe bold and offensive words to a person who thinks they're more good than bad. We might say to them, "Mm -mm, Jesus is the only way. Maybe comforting words to a dying soul who's afraid of the valley of the shadow of death. We might say, Jesus is the only way. Maybe challenging words to a person who's found the next book or the next conference or the next counselor that's going to change their life. Jesus is the only way. Breathtaking boldness. Another side effect we can expect is praiseworthy persecution. This is the first in Acts, first account of things starting to get hard. For the temperature to rise, for the storm clouds to start rolling, rolling in for the church. But that's a good sign. That's a good sign. Because we know the way of Jesus. He promises his disciples that in this world, you will have trouble. The world, the devil, the flesh wants nothing to do with Jesus. So when you're prescribing him, be ready to share in the same sufferings, the same response that he faced. We don't go out looking for a fight, friends. Peter and John weren't walking into the temple ready to debate theology. No. They brought Jesus to a lame guy. They brought deeds of mercy and grace to someone in need. And then... When they were asked what that was all about, they attached the deed with the name of Jesus. Jesus did this. That's when persecution comes. Not being Christian jerks, but signing Jesus' name to every one of our Christian works. One line of a song I've been listening to says this, what's the point of keeping Christ in your Christmas when there's no sign of Christ in the Christian?" Rejoice when the world recognizes you've been with Jesus and demands that you keep him to yourself. I love how Peter and John still submit to the authority around them. They submit to these leaders when they say in verse 19 and 20, after being ordered to keep Jesus' name off their lips, they say, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. They are submitting themselves to their authority. I love that. They know they're wrong, but they're still submitting. You must judge. They're respecting the authority structure in place, knowing it could keep them arrested or it could get them killed. But their love for what Jesus has done and what they've seen in Jesus' love cannot be denied. Friends, if you are refusing to speak the name of Jesus for what might negatively happen to you, then his name will never come off your lips. But if you're speaking his name of what he's done for you, the cure for the cancer that he's given to you, then expect persecution and rejection as a norm. I was talking to a counselor recently who had in their office someone who was blatantly going after them for promoting the name of Jesus. They were just going after them and and this counselor was questioning their ability as a counselor. And I just encouraged them to think, you know what, maybe you're on the right track. Because hard hearts like Pharaoh become harder in the presence of Jesus. That could be what's going on. Praiseworthy persecution. The final side effect, and the most encouraging for us at All Saints, is this. The spread of salvation. The religious mob could find no way to punish them. 
Why? Because it was leading to the praise of God. They were hoping to find the disciples guilty of leading the people away from God, but it was leading to the praise of God according to the law. But the name of Jesus of Nazareth, from a, Jesus Christ from a podunk town that's called Nazareth, that's an insult, where nothing good could come from Nazareth, Jesus Christ of Nazareth has healed a lost cause and it was leading the people, the people of God, to praise God. A man who was more than 40 years old, that's the biblical number which marks like a completion, a fullness, an end. He was 40 years of lame. He's done. He's lame. He's officially lame. But he was changed. And a new life began. Because of Jesus' name. The religious officials in verse 17 are concerned that the spread of Jesus' name is going to infect the Jewish faith. And guess what? It already had. A new Israel was being populated. The Jews were the first to receive it. One built upon Jesus the Christ, the Messiah of God. And just a few years after this passage... The temple doors are going to be torn open and the temple is going to be demolished. The temple of God is no longer necessarily as a physical place because it now resides in the hearts of a people. The holy of holies, the presence of the living God would now make its way into our hearts. From Jerusalem to Judea to the ends of the earth to little podunk towns like Swamico. And De Pere, and Alloway, and Howard, and Bellevue. It may not be coming at a rate of 2,000 souls in one afternoon at All Saints, like it did on that temple day. But have confidence and have courage that as you boldly prescribe the name of Jesus as the only hope for the world, or the only hope for salvation, in the face of persecution, just be prepared. Salvation's going to spread. The harvest is plentiful, all saints. And the workers are spirit-filled you. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for your word and thank you for your work. We thank you for the name of Jesus which right now gives us access to you the one who is above the heavens, to hear me and hear us and hear these words. Jesus has made a way for us to reach heaven. Jesus has made a way for us never to stay in the grave. Jesus has made a way for us who are tainted and stained with sin to be clean. There is no other name under heaven, by which we could be saved. We pray, Father, that you would help us, equip us, enable us to prescribe that name to the world. May we expect, Lord, words to come out of our mouth that would not typically come out of our mouth because your Spirit's there. May we expect and praise you when persecution comes back at us when we're rejected, when we're told to shut up. And Father, 
may we also expect, anticipate, and rejoice in the spread of salvation, which will come as a result of your name. We pray this all in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen.